the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When I see a cross, I see life. It's life for you. It's what's transformed my whole life from darkness to light. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today, we are starting a brand new message titled, What's This? in John 16. Now, I entitled this message, What is This? That might be what some people will say, In just a few days, I was looking on the internet for gifts that you buy for those that are hard to buy for. Now, if you have those in your life that they're really hard to buy for, here's a few suggestions. But I have to warn you, as our title suggests, they might just say, if you get them these gifts, what is this? The first one was a box of Brussels sprouts made of white chocolate. (laughs) It's like, well, if you're looking for the gift that no one has ever gotten before, that might just be it, okay? Then there's the shower beverage holder in case you get thirsty in the shower. I'm sure everyone needs that. Not. I mean, like, you need a beverage holder in the shower? Did you think about all the water splashing off of you and going into whatever beverage is in there? (laughs) Anyway, well, okay, whatever. Okay, or for those aspiring chefs that you might be buying for, you could get them the Snoop Dogg's new cookbook. It's called From Crook to Cook. (laughs) I did notice that it was on sale for 37% off. Okay, (laughs) There might be a reason for that, okay? Uh, Or for the tech-savvy person that you need to buy for, there's now the new Bluetooth banana phone. It syncs with your cell phone so you can talk to them through a banana. I'm like, are you serious? Okay. Uh, They will for sure be asking, what is this? Uh, Then there, for those that can't get enough bacon... You can buy them a pack of bacon-flavored toothpicks. Now, I personally think that's a great idea. Okay, I'm just speaking for myself, of course. But anyway, uh, then there's the perfect gift for the eco-friendly save-the-earth person. Uh, You can buy for them. It's only 55 bucks. You can adopt in their name a blue-footed booby bird. That's right. (laughs) Okay. And then for the Star Wars fan in your family, you can get them a Darth Vader kitchen apron. If they ask, what is this? Maybe they're not really that Star Wars fanatic anyway. Just saying. Yes, with gifts like these being sold today, there will be undoubtedly some people opening presents with a look on their face that screams, what is this? Well, in the same way, the disciples in our text here today, they were listening to the Lord and they were saying to one another, What is this? As you remember from last time, Jesus left off with telling the disciples that it was to their advantage that he goes away. Uh, Why? Because then the Holy Spirit of God, the helper, 
the advocate, the one who God would send to help us and comfort us would come. Now, Jesus understanding that the disciples still didn't get this whole thing of what was going on here. They didn't get why he was going. He continued to share his plan with them as he takes more time to explain exactly what he was doing. So in light of our title, what is this? We will consider three points. Number one, a paradox to unfold. This paradox of Jesus saying, well, you're going to see me, then you're not going to see me, then you're going to see me again. And they're like, huh, what are you talking about? Number two, we're going to look at a truth to embrace because God wants us to embrace the truth that he lays out for us. And number three, a promise to grasp onto. So let's look at this first point of paradox to unfold as we read together, starting in John chapter 16, we'll pick up in verse 16. Now, Jesus speaking, he says, a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Now, some of his disciples then said to one another, what is this thing he is telling us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. So they were saying, what is this that he says? A little while. We don't know what he's talking about. Verse 19, well, Jesus knew that they wished to question him. And he said to them, are you deliberating uh, together about this uh, that I said? Uh, A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Uh, The answer would be yes, that's what they're (laughs) delivering. They don't have a clue what you're talking about. So Jesus told the disciples, as we stop there, uh, you will see me for a little while. Ending, you will not see me. Then you will see me again. Now, again, the disciples didn't understand this at all. Maybe they were thinking to themselves, this is a new version of hide and go seek or something? Are we playing a game? What are you talking about here? You know, so Jesus knowing that they had absolutely no clue as to what he was saying to them, decided to break it down for them again. Now, Jesus' plan from the beginning was to die for the sin of the world. Yet the disciples could not unfold this paradox. Jesus had already told them, though, several times about his death. But they just didn't seem to be able to grasp onto that. So Jesus tells the disciples again exactly what was going to happen here in a little while. Again, all the disciples were hearing was a paradox of words that seemed illogical. It seemed unacceptable and self-contradictory. Yet what Jesus was speaking made all the sense in the world. Yes, he was definitely going away. Think about how many times Jesus told them this already here at the Last Supper that we're looking at here. He said back in John 14 at the Last Supper, verse 2, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. In chapter 14, verse 19, he says, after a little while, the world will no longer see me. Chapter 14, verse 29, he says, I told you these things before it happened. In in chapter 16, we looked at last time, in verse 7, it says, it's to your advantage that I go away. Yes, without question, Jesus was giving his disciples plenty of advance warning of what was going to happen. But there's more to this paradox. Because not only would they see him again, 
there was also a twofold meaning that would unfold in front of them. Number one, they would see him again, that is, after the resurrection from the dead, after he rose again from the dead, from being crucified. They would physically see him with their eyes. They would touch him with their hands. And after he would rise again from the dead. Now, number two, once Jesus returned to heaven... After he rose again from the dead, when he could no longer be seen with their eyes, they would also be able to see him a different way. When the Holy Spirit came to dwell within their own hearts, they would now exchange, you could say, them physically seeing Jesus for now a spiritual insight, just like we have of him today, where we can see Jesus through the teaching of the word of God, because the Holy Spirit is alive inside of us. Always present, always ready, and to reach out and to teach us. Always ready to illuminate God's word to us. You ever been just reading the word of God and just something pops off the page? It's just got, the Holy Spirit just illuminates it. We're like, oh my goodness, it's so real at that point. Which brings up our second point a truth to embrace. So let's read about this truth that we can embrace here, picking up in chapter 16, verse 20. Jesus said, truly, truly, or verily, verily, meaning, now hear this, now hear this, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned into joy. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, because of this idea here, you too have grief now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. See, so they're not realizing they're going to come and they're going to crucify Jesus and they're going to be scattered and it's going to be a mess and all this is going to start in just a couple more hours. So so he's saying, like, oh, you're going to be bummed out, but you will rejoice soon. So it's important that we keep this portion of scripture in that chronological order, that we never forget that when he's saying this, that's just a matter of hours before the religious leaders would come and arrest Jesus and falsely accuse him. Their plan was to present him the very next morning, which they would, to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate would make several attempts to free Jesus. We'll look at that in future studies here, as he could see Jesus' innocence, yet with no success. The religious leaders would use all of their political clout to twist the arm of Pontius Pilate, the governor over that region, to have Jesus crucified. Now, how ironic is that? Those who claim to know God, the religious leaders, rejected him. Well, the heathen dog governor, Pontius Pilate, who didn't know God, made several attempts to free him. We see the same thing here today. As many religions and churches, they claim to know God, 
yet they have neglected to teach the entirety of the Bible, exactly what the Bible proclaims. Instead, a lot of churches today have embraced a watered-down, modern version of Bible doctrine, that it's now politically correct to do things that the Bible says are sin. It also has a huge problem with that. Now, why is that? Because they are now denying the power of God. The Bible warns of this happening in the last days. He says in Second Peter 2, 1, he says, but false prophets will arise among the people just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing self-destruction upon themselves. Now, who is to blame for these false prophets among us, these false teachers? Who's to blame for that? Well, it's the people. Because they go and they support these ministries that don't teach the truth of God's word. So it's the people that are to blame for this. Because many today, they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. So tell me what I want to hear. Don't tell me the truth. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right in what I want to do. That's why it says in 2 Timothy 4, 3, for the time will come here in the last days when they will not, who's that? The people who claim to know God will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, tell me what I want to hear. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. I want to live in this type of lifestyle and I don't want to be told that it's wrong. So I'm going to find me a place that will not tell me I'm wrong, but that I'm right, that God loves me and I'm blessed. That's what I want to hear. So I will find myself teachers in accordance with that. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and they will turn aside to miss, meaning they'll turn aside to what's not true. Because that's what I want to hear. And that's what we see happening today. This is why throughout the Bible, God has raised up a people of his own to keep the truth in line. Most of them that he raises up are misfits with no religious upbringing. People who come just as they were. Men and women who were lost in their sin, yet now they're saved by God's grace and filled with the Holy Spirit. Those that God raised up and used as lights that shine for his glory in this dark world that we live in. So he'll just raise up whoever. Oh, you got the educated, you have the people with all the degrees and diplomas on the wall and went through this, you know, seminary here and that and there or whatever, but they don't teach the truth. Well, fine, whatever, but God will raise up a bunch of people maybe that don't have all those backgrounds. Remember, when Jesus handpicked the 12 disciples, he didn't go right into the University of Jerusalem. He wasn't looking for the top of the class there. He didn't go to the temple and interview all the Hebrew religious priests seeking those who seemed the most devoted and the most committed. But rather, Jesus went alongside where? The countryside, as he handpicked what looked like the most motley crew at best ever. They were tax collectors. Fishermen, uneducated people, young nobodies. They were men of no reputation whatsoever. And that's who God used to start what we know today as the church. And because of that bunch of misfits, we all sit here today. They're the ones that promoted it. They're the ones that preached it. And that's why we're here. Amen. Well, there's 15 of you that agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. <laughs> But it's like, that's what God used. Their life 
was demanding and their life was exhausting. And it was filled with hardship and great difficulty. This was a sign of being a disciple of Christ. It wasn't a lap of luxury. No, it was filled with hardship. Just like what Jesus said in verse 20. You will weep and you will lament at times. He's saying this to the very original disciples. That word lament in the original Greek language means to wail as if a a close family member had just passed away where you would just weep at times. Yes, there would be difficult times in front of these disciples and Jesus is telling them that right now. But as it was for a reason. They would go and suffer for a reason because there was something bigger than what they could ever imagine in their future. That's why Jesus used the analogy of a woman having a baby in verse 21. How many of you ladies have had babies? Okay, so you know, (laughs) you know, okay. Okay, so I mean, it's like the increased pain that happens when that little bundle of joy comes, okay, you know, that was growing inside of you. So though you have all this pain and all of this misery, when that little bundle of joy comes out, oh my goodness, you don't remember the pain anymore. I just remember so vividly when we had our first, I remember it was like, I mean, I had never gone through that. And then here's my wife. It was like 12 hours of just labor, misery. I mean, just, whoa, you know, all this stuff. And I mean, I'm just like, oh my goodness. At one point, my wife grabs my arm. We're never doing this again. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm good with that. You know, it's like, I don't want to go through this either. And so, but I remember after she had the baby, when they put the baby on her and she was holding her and she was looking into her eyes, I remember my wife like, Within three seconds of holding this baby, she looks up at me. She says, we have to have another. Uh, uh, I'm like, what? Are you serious? But even though the woman might want many more children like my wife did, okay. But it's like, at that point, she no longer focuses on the pain. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It doesn't mean that the pain was was never there because of course it was. But it just means that, boy, you see the payoff when you hold this little bundle of joy. It just means that her baby has brought more joy than what the pain was. Well, in the same way, we as the disciples of Christ, we must embrace this truth. That pain that we suffer in this life, God can transform into triumph. And the sorrows of this life can be turned into a real joy. This is what God does to those who go through life with this eternal perspective. Remember this. Never run from hardship. For God speaks to us within the walls of its misery. God uses hardships to train us, to lead us. Know this. We all have a destiny. We're all called to serve our king. We're all called to serve the king of kings and lord of lords. You know, it was King David, the little boy who took down the giant Goliath, who became the greatest king of Israel, who allowed God's will in his life over his own will. But by doing that, whenever a person says, God, your will be done over mine, understand for that person 
it will cost them. There's a cost involved with that. For David was plagued by King Saul's murderous pursuit. Because as you remember, all of this was shared with King David when Samuel the prophet came to the house. Remember, he was looking for the next king of Israel because God was done with King Saul and says, I'm going to raise up another king. And the criteria for this new king was what? I'm going to raise up a man that has a heart after me, a man that will listen to me, a man that will do the things that I want him to do. And God is still looking for that man and woman today that will put him first, that will do do what he wants to do. David was that man. So when he was told he was going to be the next king of Israel, because right then as a little boy, he was maybe, who knows, 12 or 13 years old, oil came off of the top of the container. And Samuel, the prophet, who was the main man between God and man, he poured that oil over David's head as it ran down his body. He was anointed as the next king of Israel, but he didn't become the king for another two decades. Think about that. I mean, it was after King Saul tried to harpoon with a spear David to the wall twice, not once, but twice, and chased David for, again, almost two decades. David was running for his life. He was living in caves, looking over his shoulder. He was continually hiding himself throughout all the desert regions that surround Israel. Yet it was in those worst of moments, those moments of trial and anguish. Could you imagine David thinking like, yeah, I'm going to become king like in a couple years. No, no, you're not going to become king for like another 20 years. And after all that time of just running in the time of trial and anguish and moments of weakness and frailty, that's where David wrote most of his most riveting psalms. Psalms that still comfort us today. Not only did they comfort him then, they are comforting us, what, some 3,000 years later in our weakest moments. Think about the comfort and rest that we still find just in the one psalm, Psalm 34. Let me read it to you here. Psalm 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man or the woman who takes refuge in him. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. See, you can't write that unless it happened to you. He was rescued. He was delivered. He was the brokenhearted. He was all of those things. And the Lord met him right where he was at. And speaking of the Lord himself, Jesus was our ultimate example as Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me. Remember, again, the cross was a symbol of defeat. The cross was a symbol of shame as the world declared, cursed is everyone who hangs on a cross. Yet Jesus transformed the cross for us as believers. Now it's a symbol of victory and glory. When I see a cross, you know, people wear it for jewelry. I see it on a wall. You'll see it here. You'll see it there. When I see a cross, I see life. 
Because it's life for me. It's life for you. It's what's transformed my whole life from darkness to light. Life to everyone who has ever lost their way. It's life to everyone who has fallen prey to sin in this world. Life to everyone who is in need of a savior. Yes, we can find joy, a real joy in the midst of whatever misery comes our way as followers of Christ. Knowing that our God is the one who holds all things in the center of his hands. Yes, like it says in verse 22, we might have sorrow for the moment. We might have sorrow now, but we will see him again. And know this, we will win in the end, regardless of the battles that we're facing today. We're going to win in the end. Every one of us will. Victory will come to those of us who believe, for he went to prepare a place for us. And we will join him there one day. Heaven is in our future, and it's not that far away. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.